Hello and happy Saturday, goblins! Here to talk a little D&D? Maybe learn some player secrets? We'll lay down those weapons, take off that armor. It's time to disengage. Okay, welcome to Disengaged, a new interview series by Neon Goblin. I'm producer Erica, and I'm here with Kristen, who plays Turnock in our game Endless Midnight. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Erica. <laughs> so Turnock is a druid lizard folk? Yes. Is that right? Lizard folk druid, yeah. I don't think I've okay, actually okay. said that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think so, and I'm not sure you've done anything particularly druidy. Um, other than carry- I'm only on episode two though. Yeah, other than carry a quarterstaff, I did cast gust of wind. Okay, and that's about it though. <laughs> Besides be a farmer, that's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's what I love about Turnock is is I feel like you've created a character that's so simple, but also like we know there's so much more to him, like. <laughs> It's so exciting. I love it so much already. So tell me about that building the character process for you. So for me, I'm like, the only characters I ever make are me or my favorite character ever. And that's it. Like, I don't have a good building a character process. I want to hear about how you do that. Ooh, this is so fun. (laughs) So for me, I like to think much more about how what the character would do in like a battle or a conflict is how it starts so for example if i wanted to play a character that's evil and i'm like okay i made it all the way through a dungeon and i found a you know a a king or whoever the boss quote unquote is supposed to be do i want to be a person in the back that's kind of like antsy or do I want to be up front casting spells hitting people so I mean there was a campaign actually that I played with James and I had a character named Grimes and it was a fighter but I never really I don't necessarily pick my class first I kind of just pick the personality first okay so I'm like I was a fighter for that campaign, but it was another one of those where you didn't really know which type of class I was. I was just like an angsty emo teen girl. (laughs) That's really fascinating because you're doing it based on how you want to fight, but it's all about like role playing and like building a character to me is all about the personality and the role playing and you start from the the fighting that's yeah, very the fight, I mean that's that's always like the easy one but it's also even if I'm walking up into a city that I don't know anything about I'm going what would I want to do in that city do I want to just sneak around and try and like rob people do I want to be fun and friendly and actually talk to people like it's it, it doesn't necessarily matter the scenario but it it definitely is what personality do I want to take in those Okay, so how much backstory is necessary for you to build beforehand? Hardly any. It's honestly in the moment role play. And then I will, I'll I'll take that and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm a cleric, I should probably pick a patron and yada yada. Um, But yeah, everything just comes from, because for me, role playing is 
that moment in that time, that battle, that um, engagement with an NPC or, or, you know, the other player characters with you. So it's just, what personality do I want to take on? Do I want to be a religious zealot? Okay, I guess that means I better be a cleric. Now I better find a backstory. Wow. Okay, so and this is something James specifically wanted me to ask. He says you are the best improver he's ever DM'd for. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, how do you like hone those skills? Like, what do you what have you done for that? Ooh. Hone those skills. That's I didn't know it was a skill, so that's very nice. <laughs> um I guess the only thing that I do. Maybe that like not so much pre-planning is helpful because you can just go with the flow. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Because my backstories, I feel like are some of the weakest. Um, I mean, even, you know, when I DM, my player characters will come to me with these long, elaborate backstories of their uncle that got killed. And then their other uncle came to revenge him or, I mean, just like ridiculous um <laughs> backstories and i i yeah i usually don't have those and maybe that's why it just doesn't limit limit as much i don't know i mean i i do watch a lot of improv i listen to a lot of like comedy podcasts but but is dnd the only like improving (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) wow okay that's kind of my improv outlet i guess i mean that's not true my fiance steven he has taken improv classes and okay he definitely will ask me to like help him practice but i don't i wouldn't count that because i did that i started doing that like a year ago i've been playing dnd for like six years so <laughs> so i don't think that's it either i don't know the answer <laughs> I, I think james is going to be very disappointed <laughs> yeah. there is no answer i'm sorry there's no answer i I do agree with you, though, that not having something limiting to your character um, is very helpful because I don't have to be yeah, rummaging through my mind like, oh, yeah, what was it? Exactly. Was it my uncle that my other uncle? Exactly. I get so caught up in what I said I was supposed to be doing beforehand. I'm like, does that make sense here? Does it not? Like, just cut it all out and yeah and just okay be yeah because that's the thing i i try to just be that person fully and not and you know whenever you're walking day to day you're not always thinking about your past and what got you there you're just trying to get through the day so that's so true wow so does doing it as a podcast change anything for you no it just makes me nervous (laughs) i mean i I love d and I've been playing it for so long. It's a huge part of my life. I mean, my fiance, I proposed to him via a D&D game. Like, that's... Okay, off air, I want to hear that story so bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I will tell you, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, but, you know, it's it's been a big part of my life for a long time. And, you know, James and I, like, we did a lot of DMing at Dragon Con together. Um, so, I mean... What was the question again? (laughs) If podcasting makes a difference. Yes. So like, but I've never done it in a format like this. And 
people are going to listen to it after the fact. Mm -hmm. And everything about role play and improv in general is right now, this moment. Now, every bad joke Turnoff makes is is here (laughs) forever. (laughs) So, yes, it's very nerve-wracking. But really, I think it's awesome. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's really fun and it's amazing to be a part of something. And obviously, it's cool that the way that James did it too, because I don't know Alex and Morgan that well, and he just picked, you know, four people that he thought would make a good podcast, even though we don't know each other that yeah. well. And it's like, well done. <laughs> yes, yeah, I agree. I mean, and the setting he's kind of created is just so unique and 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 fun. I think that. Uh, people will be able to fit in with one of the characters, one of the setting. They'll be able to kind of pick something out that I think is really cool for them. So absolutely. I totally agree. And it's nice to have, it's kind of, it's cool to build something too with people that I don't know, because I want to, I want to do well for them as well. Like I don't, I want to bring my weight in the podcast and um, try and do a good job. So. That does sound like a lot of pressure. I'm glad I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you say you don't necessarily have a lot of backstory, um, but do we know how old Turnock is? Like, was he there before the war? Uh, what's his like history with Absolution? Sure. So, unfortunately, lizard folk only live to about sixty-five. Um, which means okay. if the war was 50 years ago, Turnock would be at the very end of his life. So I actually wanted Turnock to oh. be a part of the war, but I changed it because of their age restrictions on right. that race. And Turnock absolutely had to be a lizard folk. I was not going to bend on that. So. I think all of your characters I've personally played with you have been scaly of some sort. Yes. <laughs> I recently did like a full boudoir shoot as a like lizard. I pool. saw a picture. It looks amazing. I more scandalous ones. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I, like, sent to the group a very mild version. <laughs> like I don't think James and Alex need to see this, but. Um, yeah, they it's like outside though, like props. Like I don't know if I would have had that confidence. <laughs> it was way easier. So ha- the first half of the boudoir shoot was more traditional clothing, um, or like okay. And then the second half was when I put on like the corset and did like the full makeup. I was way more comfortable as the scaly creature. <laughs> Yes, it's so funny. I um I I did a cosplay from an anime that has like the shortest shorts and I'm generally pretty not shorty short. Uh but as soon as you put that on and you're in character, like I can walk around at Dragon Con all day, don't matter. Like Exactly. It's funny what makeup and getting into that character will do. That's true. Um but back to your original question. So yeah, I guess I do play scaly characters pretty often. I think it's an interesting challenge in terms of role play and you can definitely make I don't feel I don't have a lot of experience playing with a lot of different people but I think you're the only one who has played those characters so it leads me to believe it's not necessarily 
as common to play too. So I would agree with that. Yeah. And especially cosplay. You don't see people cosplay as lizards and, or dragons or anything like that. Um, yeah. So the way that Turnock came to absolution is so when Corinne, um, came and founded absolution because she found the creeping willow there, he was a wanderer at that point and ended up okay. in absolution. He was a very low level caster and was able to kind of help her take care of the tree. And then he, he yes. grew with the town. So. Okay. So he's known her for a while. Mm-hmm. So he, um, there's been a little bit of questioning her, I don't know, uh, you know, questioning her trustworthiness. Um, but Turnock wouldn't have any of those misgivings. No, Turnock doesn't have any of that because, you know, to him, everything has been about kind of creating fertility. See, he believes, I mean, so part of his backstory did have to do with, um, oh man, I wish I had, I think I have my notes with me. Can I go get them right quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hang on. See, this is how little I remember about my backstory. <laughs> but see, that's part of it. Like, now that it's going to be recorded forever, I'm like, well, I better know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, like, I'm so bad at listening to podcasts. So even though I love this show so, so much, like, I'll listen to something and I'll be like, I don't remember what just happened. And I'll have to go back like three times. Yeah. Like, I think I listened to these episodes like twice before doing this. And half of what we're saying <laughs> is nonsense anyway. Um, okay. No, I remember. Okay. So, oh, yes. So what it was is when he was walking through the wasteland as more of a wanderer type, he got caught in a huge windstorm. And so that's actually where his druid power started is that oh. he he was affected by the windstorm in such a way that that's where he started trying the the evocation and trying to learn the magic. So he's actually it's like circle of the land grasslands or something like that. Gotcha. Um, I don't you know I didn't even think about how much sense it makes that Turnock's a druid and Turnock is the one that created the filtering the slag out of the soil, like helping Corinne with the rebirth idea. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah. All see. Yeah. And all of that came from me wanting to, I didn't have those ideas first. My first idea was I wanted to play a chaos creating <laughs> lizard. <laughs> that was my I love plan. It. A lizard with a profinity for biting. Yes. Is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that one was like, okay. What tastes better, tomatoes or flesh? <laughs> Good question. Um, as me, Kristen, tomatoes. As Turnock, undecided. <laughs> that's that's comforting. That's that's cool. <laughs> so, so is, is Turnock trusting in general? Uh, so like he seemed pretty trusting of Mulligan. All newcomers kind of get the benefit of the doubt. Very much so. Yeah, he is definitely more it kind of like violet that is kind of how they became close is that they both are kind of outcasts in their communities and so you know for turnock he would never want to 
make anyone else be an outcast. So he's definitely overly trusting. I'm sure that is going to get him in trouble at some point on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> he's pretty observant, though. So that's hopefully going to be yeah, that's in possible. his favor. That's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so this is such a random question, um, in a sense, but I, uh, the, the setting that, um, James has created, like, like I said, I love it so much. I, I love the sun personally. Like it's, I love summer. I love to be out in it. I love the sun. I love the sunset. And it just struck me so hard that night and day are basically the same. And that these characters who are here after the war, um, they don't know what a true, like, sunrise or sunset looks like they've never experienced something that i think is just so beautiful um what would like how would turnock want to experience like a first real sunset well i know i just feel like i filled out a a dating website question yes you did (laughs) i would say that I don't think that his life would really change. I think that if, you know, something did happen in absolution and they were able to clear the slag enough that one day the sunset did set in the, in the grasslands, it would be, you know, him just weeding and harvesting. And then once, once it gets to like right at dusk where you can't really see, he would just go to the vault, have a drunken breakfast, and you know, yeah, just bed. keep on keeping on the same. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, she's Corinne's got this idea of of making everything the way it was before, making it better. Um, but it's not like it's a bad life per se. Like they've been in, in genius and created all these things, and uh, life is life. Yeah. So that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had I'll a better be romantic dating website answer, but <laughs> <laughs> I I have the I'm gonna weird everybody out with that question in all of these interviews. So I love it. <laughs> Whether James wants to keep it in or not, it's up to him. <laughs> so um okay. So I only have one more question. What is Turnock's best gardening tip? I think it presented itself in episode two, where you can use your old stones or maybe vegetables that don't look as good um, and use them as like pumice stones in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Now we all know how to start our own garden in the backyards. Yes. (laughs) Or we know what to do with your outdoor shower that obviously everyone has. <laughs> I mean, so it's right. Right. gardening is definitely like use everything. I mean, I think one of the episodes he makes a toast to one of the stable animals that died and they are eating it for lunch the next day. <laughs> yeah it's a little bit brutal and primal i guess but i mean traditionally lizard folk are cannibals too so kind of have to keep that in mind i guess it's a little (laughs) weird to think about but 
Well, thank you for for joining the interview with me. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for listening to Disengaged. I'm producer Erica, and I hope to catch you next time.